The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Good day, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of Boomer Generation Radio. This is your host, Richard Address, coming to you from the studios of WWDB AM860 here in Greater Philadelphia. And we're streaming live on WWDBAM.com. And we're going to be right back with our first guest, Betsy Worley, from the... Um, Encore.org group up and uh, really across the country. And we'll be doing that with Betsy right after this word from our very good friends at Kendall. Hi, this is Kendall resident Harry Hammond. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio is brought to you by Kendall, a system of not-for-profit communities and services that advocates for and empowers older adults to reach their full potential. Kendall is committed to working with others as we together transform the experience of aging. To learn more about Kendall, that's K-E-N-D-A-L, visit discoverkendall.org or call toll-free 888-759-0128. Welcome back again to our first segment here on today's show, uh, Boomer Generation Radio. Again, uh, WWDBAM860 here and WWDBAM.com. Uh, Boomer Generation Radio, you can reach us on uh, Facebook by liking our Facebook page or Boomer Generation Radio at gmail.com. And again, the podcasts of the shows are available at www.jewishsacredaging.com. We welcome uh, Betsy Worley, the Director of, the ne- of Network Expansion for Encore.org. Betsy, are you there? I am. Good morning, Richard. It's great to be part of this uh, wonderful series of conversations that you're leading. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. How are you today? Everything okay? Doing well. Great. Great. So uh, Encore.org, a growing, powerful national organization uh, dealing with really our generation and uh, the transition. So give us a real 30-second definition of what Encore is. Absolutely. We Encore looks out at our world where a lot of people are living longer and healthier lives and says, what a great resource. You know, today's 60 and 70 year olds have the most education of any generation. We have lots of work and life experience. And many of us want to leave a legacy at this stage of life. So Encore sees huge opportunities, not these doom and gloom, silver tsunami scenarios for older adults to use that energy, experience, and time to improve our communities. The uh, the legacy issue, um, I know about a year ago, I, I went back in my records, and it was 11 months ago, almost to the day, uh, that Mark Friedman, um, who is the head of, uh, I, I imagine he's still yes, the head he's of the founder. Mm-hmm. Uh, was on uh, was on the show, and, and he also talked about legacy. Talk, talk to me a little bit about why our generation's sense of legacy, of leaving something of meaning behind, is uh, has become so powerful and important. You know, I think really we're learning as we look at life stages that. One of the unique qualities of life, let's say, starting in your 60s as you get older, is this desire to leave a legacy. So I think that's always existed, and we can think of examples of our parents and grandparents, but partly because 
there are so many baby boomers hitting this stage of life with 15, 20, 30 years ahead of us. All of a sudden, I think more and more people are saying, I'm going to live a long time, and how can I use that time to do something that's meaningful to me and the world? Well, the, the time thing, I mean, I know from when I go out and, 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 and speak, the people ask about the spiritual aspect of this. And I, uh, this, the spiritual question that underlies all of this is exactly what you're talking about, the question of what do I do with the time that I have left? Um, so talk to me about how Encore and what you do will, will work with an individual or I would imagine companies uh, to restructure, redefine, revision this next chapter of our lives. What, what do you do? Uh, I'll tell you about Encore and then I'd love to share some resources in the Philadelphia area that will be really relevant to your audience. Cool. So Encore itself is really about movement building. So we want the world to see older adults as a resource, and we want to help organizations and individuals step forward to do good work, work that has social impact. Uh, so we do that by writing, for instance, uh, Encore a colleague of mine has published a terrific book called the Encore Career Handbook. And for anyone who is thinking, you know, it's, I know there's something more for me. How do I find it? The Encore Career Handbook will be a fantastic resource. And where do they get that? They can get that at Amazon, mm -hmm. so all online. And Encore.org's website also has a wealth of information. It has stories of real people, people like you and your neighbors who have taken their work and life experience and translated that into social impact and leaving a legacy. Uh, we also have for 10 years offered a purpose prize. 10 years ago, if you said innovation, most people would have thought of a 27-year-old with a beard. And so Encore set out to prove that people in their 60s and older are also terrific social innovators. So one thing people will see on the Encore.org website is the stories of the Purpose Prize winners and fellows, over 500, who exemplify really the opportunities at this stage of life. So we do a lot of changing people's minds. We run a fellowship program, a one-year stipended fellowship that helps people transition from for-profit to non-profit careers. And then my work, again, is around connecting people and organizations. But what I'd love to do is segue into some opportunities available in Philadelphia mm -hmm. that will uh, we'll really address your audience's uh, needs and goals. Um, first, I want to mention an organization focused on women, uh, the Transition Network, and that's for women 50 and forward who are looking to connect, discover, and impact their communities. And so that's a great way to find a new community, conversation, and action. Um, 
within the Philadelphia area, there are several ways that older adults can use their skills. I'm going to name a couple, and those there would be links through the Encore.org website under Resources for Encore Seekers. So one is RSVP, and that engages older adults in community work. Uh, a second is Experience Corps that places older adults in schools to help kids in K through three really learn to read and mentors them. And that's a wonderful program launched by Encore. Uh, there's consulting work, for instance, LaSalle Colleges, nonprofit center offers great opportunities for people to use professional skills to help nonprofits. And then for everybody in the audience, there is a monthly positive aging lunch uh, that occurs in Philadelphia in Center City and has, I would think, your audience, the topics would really resonate with your audience, creativity, ageism, sexuality, end of life, and an encore leader in Philadelphia, Dick Goldberg, is the contact for that. Right. I know uh, Dick. Actually, Dick was on this show when we really started the, the very beginnings of Boomer Generation Radio. Uh, now, three some years ago, um, I think before he left Temple, Temple University. Yes. Uh, and I know he's he's been a pioneer, a real pioneer locally and nationally in a lot of this work. Talk to me a little bit about Betsy. How, how, how do you work with a company? Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot being written about, you know, people leaving corporate life, but how do you talk to a corporation about the value of people who've been with them 20, 30 years, um, and who have all this life experience and real wisdom, life wisdom, as opposed to just getting rid of them because they can buy somebody cheaper? Yes, the business world is uh, is still, I think, uh, in many places, uh, pretty youth-focused. So we all have to acknowledge that ageism is alive and well, and that's one of our the biggest tasks for all of us is to combat ageism. But some of it, we're seeing some encouraging signs in the corporate world. Uh, a great example is Intel. So one of the uh, tech companies in Silicon Valley about six years ago, they were preparing to do a layoff and partly because uh, some of their leadership had a personal connection with Mark Friedman, Encore's founder, they started to say, you know, what if instead of offering people buyout packages, we, or in addition to that, we were able to offer them the opportunity to do an internship and translate their skills to the nonprofit sector, sort of a springboard to starting a new career. And that program launched, that turned into the Encore Fellowships program that I mentioned, and Intel has a standing offer to all of its retirement-eligible people that it will place them in a fellowship. So they're a very far-sighted organization. I think some of the other things we're seeing, uh, we are seeing more uh, interest in helping people with phased retirement, you know, understanding that uh, many older adults have unique knowledge that 
continues to be relevant to the company and there can be a match between the experienced person's desire to cut back to three days a week and the company's thinking, but you're the only person who knows this computer system or this process that we launched 35 years ago, so we see value in keeping you around. So those are two ways that companies are uh, recognizing and supporting their more experienced workers. Another thing we're seeing is people taking their talents and their energy and saying, this is a valuable commodity, let me offer it in a different way. So for instance, uh, some Procter & Gamble retirees said, we have some great skills in technical things in other relevant areas, so we're going to get together and form our own company offering consulting services. I certainly think one of the hallmarks of our generation is, you know, if possible, be your own boss and be entrepreneurial. So I see more and more opportunities for people to use their skills in a more flexible way. Well, I, I know the, uh, the, the our generation is, is earmarked by seeking more control over everything, and we've had a number of people who have transitioned to the different careers uh, come through Boomer Generation Radio. We're speaking with Betsy Worley, the Director of Network Expansion for Encore.org, and right after this brief message from our friends at Kenda, we'll be right back and um, talk to somebody who's just called in, so we want to get a hold of that. But right now, a word from Kendall. Hi, this is Kendall staff member Sheila Sylvester. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio is brought to you by Kendall, a system of not-for-profit communities and services that advocates for and empowers older adults to reach their full potential. Kendall is committed to working with others as we together transform the experience of aging. To learn more about Kendall, that's K-E-N-D-A-L, visit discoverkendall.org or call toll-free 888 759-0128. Welcome back to Boomer Generation Radio from WWDB 860 AM here in Greater Philadelphia, streaming live on WWDBAM.com with Betsy Worley, the Director of Network Expansion from Encore.org. Betsy, we have a caller coming in, so let's see if by magic of electronics uh, we can say hello to her. Hello? Hello? uh, Susan? Yes, this is Susan. Hi, you're on the air with Betsy Worley here on Boomer Generation Radio. You had a question. Yes, I did. Um, I've heard of the Transition Network. I'm actually a member of, of that organization. But I wanted to know from Betsy, um, how does Encore also support people that need to get back into the workforce that maybe aren't in a situation where they can just think of the community and do something on a volunteer basis? You mentioned your fellowship program. Um, do you find a lot of people that go, need to go back to work, or are you finding most of them are, regu- are ready to um, do this give back and purpose type of lifestyle at this point? Uh, that's a great question, Susan. Thank you. And, yes, it's really important to say that um, of people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, a lot of people – want to, need to continue to work for pay. So how does that work uh, if, if either you want to change to a different career or maybe you've been out of the workforce? And I think there are a couple of 
recommendations that we would make at Encore. Again, the Encore Career Handbook is a good resource, but two strong suggestions that I would make. One is it's it can be really helpful for people to find even volunteer opportunities or temporary opportunities. The theme is get a foot in the door. Um, at our age, with all of our work and life experience, we we are really round pegs, and most organizations, you know, they think of their jobs as square holes. So by getting in the door, by having people see you and say, you're a great fit, you have terrific skills, you did a great job on that project, that can open many doors to employment, even if you start out in uh, in an unpaid role. So I think that's number one. I think number two, another great asset of people our age is we know a lot of people. And so I think it's really important for all of us to, first of all, crystallize what is it I want to do, what are my skills, and second, to get the word out as widely as possible because the other way people get jobs at this stage of life is that somebody who knows them or someone who knows someone says, I know you've never done that before, but you would be perfect. So I think uh, the Fortune 500 is probably not going to be the next job for most of us, but there are creative ways to work through people who know you and to get a foot in the door that can help you get employed and then stay employed. Uh, thanks, Susan. That, the, the, you know, Susan's question, Betsy, raises this whole, what we call the economics of aging and people who are transitioning and with the economy changing and still some people residually from the recession. Um, how does Encore help individuals deal with um, the expenses of transition? And not everybody has that um, backlog of funds that may be able to fund, you know, a couple of months of unemployment uh, or just transitioning. Does, does Encore, do, do you work with people who are in this transition phase to deal with some of the economic realities of transition? Uh, Encore does not, that's not, uh, we don't do that work directly, mm-hmm. but what, so I'm sort of running through a list of organizations in my mind to think, you know, who locally could be a resource? Um, for instance, you had Kate Clark, uh, who is part of the Philadelphia Corporation for Aging. Right, right. And so there could be some resources there and through the AAA website. Uh, I think the other... So I would go back to, number one, there are certainly opportunities for employment. Actually, a terrific website is retirementjobs.com, which focuses specifically on people in their 50s, 60s, 70s and up, uh, offers jobs that have flexibility or full-time jobs. So I think... Again, uh, if you want to look in the social sector, the Encore Career Handbook has terrific resources, and that would be the primary focus. You know, that said, I think there there are 
many of us who need to continue working, maybe we're still working in the for-profit sector, but I think we can still see this time of life as offering some opportunities to say, even though I have a day job, I can still find ways to use my talents. Let's say I love animals, I want to work with kids, um, to get involved in organizations where you can use your skills pro bono while still earning a living. Let me ask you a question because and I may be misinterpreting this. I mean, I'm, you're doing this fantastic job around the United States of, of really working with, you know, people in their 50s and 60s who are moving into post-retirement or transitioning, as I like to call it, into different phase. But it almost assumes, and go correct me if I'm wrong, that I have some economic backing that I I may want to follow my bliss, uh, so to speak. How does Encore deal with the people who are living paycheck to paycheck and find themselves at age 65, uh, you know, being phased out of work, but really may not have the the economic um, wherewithal to um, have the luxury? Of looking around, does, does Encore.org work with those people as well? Our focus is really not so much on the economic side, Richard. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we certainly acknowledge that there are people who need to keep working, who need an income. Uh, that said, there are programs, for instance. The U.S. government runs the Senior Corps program, right. and that's a program that helps lower-income people, uh, that provides opportunities, and pay around those opportunities. Uh, some of the Experience Corps programs offer that as well. So I would say Encore's focus is really on, uh, for those people who are stepping forward and saying, I'm, I'm interested in using my skills in paid work, unpaid work. Uh, how do I find opportunities and helping the world say, these people are fantastic resources and I want, you know, I'd love to have uh, some more people with this amount of talent, experience, and time helping my organization. So in, in this helping, and you alluded to the fact that before of working with corporations um, in these transitions, have you run across or has Encore helped start mentoring programs so you'll take somebody in their 50s or 60s who has a wealth of institutional memory and say, you know, we're going to help, we're going to pair you with that new employee or, uh, you know, so to really mentor people and tell you how, how the world really works as opposed to what, you know, the MBA class may have told you. <laughs> what a great idea. And I worked at JP Morgan Chase for 18 years. So, um, that could have been a very useful program. Uh, why didn't we think of that? Uh, short answer is, uh, we're seeing some of that in corporations. Uh, the corporate world thinks of it as itself as a law unto itself. <laughs> but we certainly, um, we certainly celebrate the fact that older adults can be great mentors. And we're also seeing in the nonprofit sector that, you know, nonprofit executive leaders, senior leaders are uh, saying, you know, I'd like to 
I want to continue in the field. What are the roles I can play? And being a mentor, sharing their expertise is also a great way that they can continue to support the nonprofit world. We have about about two minutes left in this segment. So real fast, once more, the website and uh, how do I get a hold of somebody's interested in that Encore Career Handbook, which seems to be a, a very, very, very valuable resource. So on the web, where do I go? You go to Encore.org. And if I want the book, and I, I, where do I go? You're going. You're looking for the Encore Career Handbook, and online and wherever online wherever books are sold, so, Amazon or anywhere else. And I and I just on your website, and there's a lots of resource possibilities and clicks and on. Real fast, that this phenomenon in the United States about uh, positive aging, etc is not limited to us. All the statistics in the developing world shows us uh, that we're actually far behind in some countries, the, the, the aging wave. Is Encore international now, or is it just local, uh, limited to, to the United States? We are definitely connected with global leaders, and we're seeing a couple things. Uh, most countries in the world have aging population, right. so it's on their radar screen. The U.S. is far ahead in terms of people taking taking their aging into their own hands, of coming up with ways to use their skills. Uh, other countries are far ahead, I would say, in terms of financial, medical, and social support. So hopefully one of the, in the next 10 years, we can marry the United States entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial mentality with um, the safety net mentality in Europe, for example. And you can do that. We create a real golden age of aging around the world. So that, that's a, that's a great possibility. Uh, Betsy Worley, director of network expansion for Encore. Continued good luck. Unbelievable work. Um, this is a phenomenal organization, and we wish you just continued good luck. Keep in touch, and and, uh, and thank you for being a guest here on Boomer Generation Radio. Thanks for the opportunity. Take care, Betsy. Good luck. Thank you. Before we move into our second uh, segment, again, a reminder, a very good friend of ours, uh, Peter Hecht and the Hecht Investment Group uh, over at Janney Montgomery Scott in Mount Laurel, providing uh, concierge financial consulting and planning services. Uh, giving clients uh, frequent and rapid response to questions, and especially in this environment. Uh, and, and I should mention that Peter has agreed to come back um, on one of his regular visits here in a couple of weeks, I think in February. Really, I asked him uh, to come back on to really give some perspective of this unbelievable volatility now that we're seeing in the financial markets, which really does affect uh, baby boomers, retirement uh, plans, pension plans, 401, whatever they're called, IRAs, etc. So um, Peter, I think, is scheduled back uh, beginning of February, the middle of February, somewhere around there. We'll let you know, especially on the Boomer Generation uh, page on Facebook. 
But his uh, investment group, uh, again, provides experience, guidance, as well as an efficient management process. Very important in today's environment. We invite you to call uh, the HECT Investment Group. Their toll-free number is 855-289-2168. That's 855-289-2168. You can visit them at the hectinvestmentgroup.com. They're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And as we've told you before, Jenny Montgomery Scott is a member of uh, the New York Stock Exchange, FINRA, and the SIP. See, we had some nice feedback from the Joni Mitchell track we played last week. Here's another one that many of us probably will remember. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. A pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hot spot. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. They took all the trees, put them in a tree museum. And they charged the people a dollar and a half just to see them. Seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. Hey, farmer, farmer, put away the DDT now. Give me spots on my apples, or leave me the birds and the bees. Please don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. Late last night, I heard the screen door slam. And a big yellow taxi took away my old man. Don't it always seem to go? That you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. I said, don't it always seem to go? That you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. Hi, this is Kendall resident Harry Hammond. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio is brought to you by Kendall, a system of not-for-profit communities and services in eight states that advocates for and empowers older adults to reach their full potential. Please join us in together transforming the experience of aging. To learn more about Kendall, that's K-E-N-D-A-L, visit discoverkendall.org or call toll-free 888-759-0128. Hi, welcome back to our second segment here on today's edition of Boomer Generation Radio, coming to you from WWDB AM 860 here in Greater Philadelphia, and again, streaming live on the net or the web or whatever it's called at WWDBAM.com. And my kids will laugh at me about that. 
Uh, reach us at boomergenerationradio at gmail.com or like us on the Boomer Generation Radio Facebook uh, page. And again, the podcasts of all of our shows are available on www.jewishsacredaging.com. And we are very pleased to welcome Sarah Cheney, the um, Executive Director of Shepherd's Center, to the microphone. Uh, Sarah, are you there? Yes, I am, Richard. Hi, good to see you. Good to talk to you. I see. I can't see you. You're 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 calling from Virginia, right? North Carolina. That's what I said. North Carolina it was down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ACC. Speak it. We everything sports. It's an ACC. Country. Absolutely. <laughs> Although you didn't do so well last night, but anyway. No, we didn't. Unfortunately. It's what can you do? What can you do? We don't talk about football much anymore in Philadelphia. We haven't really seen it in several years. But anyway, Shepherd Center, um, a great institution, uh, and 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 really. Um, one that I think, at least, if I'm not mistaken, in the East Coast, in this part of the country, isn't as well known, perhaps, as in the Midwest and parts of the South, because it does emanate from, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from Kansas City. Talk to me, Sarah, really about what is Shepherd Center, how did it begin, what does it do? Um, yes, Richard, thank you, and, and thank you so much for this opportunity to, to talk with you about our work. Um, the first Shepherd Centers um, were founded in um, the Kansas City, Missouri area, um, but we do have a lot of wonderful centers up and down the, the East Coast, and in fact, some of our greatest growth in recent years has been in uh, Virginia. But let me tell you what um, Shepherd Centers do. Um, we provide a variety of programs and services, uh, social services as well as educational services, that work to build community connections so that older adults can age in their communities and in their homes. And our focus um, is about empowering older adults. And we see um, the later years of life as wonderful opportunities to take on new challenges, learn new skills, and even serve others. So what a center, how these programs and services are implemented in various communities takes on um, kind of a unique feel because it, and characteristics of a particular community. Uh, typically, a Shepherd Center would offer uh, volun- uh, services through volunteers, um, and its uh, volunteers would help with some of those small tasks that can sometimes be really big barriers that prevent people from staying in their own home. So it's services like a ride to the doctor or the pharmacy or help with grocery shopping. It could be help with light household maintenance chores. Um, all of these volunteer services are available at no cost, um, and again, the whole purpose is to help older adults remain independent as long as they can in their own home. But kind of an additional component of Shepherd Centers is the idea of lifelong learning. And so um, most of our centers offer uh, college-level type classes and special interest classes. And these are taught by usually retired individuals, and they may focus on um, their discipline from their careers or special interests. Um, Classes range from, um, you know, history buffs, literature, uh, crime scene investigation, photography, health matters, computers. It's it's really an an endless possibility. Um, But the idea is that individuals um, continue to enjoy ongoing learning. 
So, Sarah, so our, our so the, 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 these are individuals. Uh, uh, the, each center, these are individual uh, standalone buildings that people would go to, um, or there would be a building where the coordinator would then train volunteers to go back into people and, and help people. Help me understand that. It's both, actually. Um, we, we've sort of evolved um, as, you know, times change. Um, we have some people that say we're really a center without walls. We think of ourselves really as a community, so we're just a group of people. Um, the educational classes are obviously held in a space. Um, this is typically congregations um, that, you know, aren't always used Monday through Friday, and so our educational classes people might go to on a regular basis it could be once a week for, you know, six to eight weeks for a particular session. Some centers might have it every day uh, for, uh, you know, a few weeks. So there, it's held, held in a space where people socialize, get together, and learn together. But the services are provided out in the community. Um, people might not come in to get their assignment. They might, you know, get an, a volunteer assignment and be matched with someone uh, virtually. Um, so it's it's a little bit of both. There's the socialization and the camaraderie together um, as a community, but then there's also service back out in the community. Okay, so if, if I'm you know listening to this or I hear about this and I want to find out more about where the local center is uh, in my area, how do I go about doing that? Is this web-based? Do I go to a website? You can go to shepherdcenters.org. And that's the website for Shepherd Centers of America. And we do have all of our centers um, um, that are listed there on our website. And um, we have about 60 centers in 16 different states. And is it? And these are coast to coast, Sarah, or you know, located in? Where is this? You know, is it just spread all over, or, or not? We are from California to Massachusetts, Florida, and a little where in between, but we we are concentrated um, in the Midwest and kind of along the, the East Coast. The reason for that, we've just kind of found that, that as we've grown as a grassroots movement, um, clusters seem to be... Um, very effective. So, you know, a community will will have a shepherd center, and the neighboring community will want to start one. So, really, kind of by word of mouth, uh, communities will want to um, engage in this type of effort. And it is a community effort to to get a center organized. Um, it's our, our centers are, are really kind of coalitions of, of partnering um, agencies that represent diverse faith groups in a community, but also service organizations and businesses. And so these businesses and organizations all come together uh, to provide the support and uh, kind of that internal structure for getting a center going. Our services are provided at, at no charge, but there is the training of the volunteers and and other operational expenses. So having that community coalition um, really is, is one of our um, kind of predictors of, of long-term success for our centers. I would also imagine, I I would also imagine that w- as you evolve with the community, it strengthens the center itself to give a more broad-based approach and resource base uh, to, to, to what you're trying to do. Absolutely. 
That is absolutely correct. Go ahead. I, I think I stepped and, on one of your lines there for a second. Or, no, no. Um, I was going to say that, and one of our strengths that we believe is that we just have deep roots um, in the community, and Shepherd Centers were founded almost 45 years ago. So we feel like we kind of have um, our, our model does evolve a little bit. We, we are flexible and adaptable to the times, but uh, we think our model works with 45-year history of success. So uh, we're, we're very proud of that and, 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 and attribute that success that it really is a community effort. It's not um, an, an agency directing service, but it's the community coming together saying that our services want this and we want to tap into that, that wealth of talent and energy of older adults uh, to help make our communities a better place to live. So, sir, you mentioned that, that you know, for over four decades, Separate Center has been involved in, in, in operation and has evolved. Could you just, you know, off the top of your head, if you can, give me an example of how a center and the program has evolved over these four-plus decades? Um, we focus um, on we're, we're unique in that we don't, tell a community or the older adults what they need, but really the, the community says, you know, as, as people are retiring and looking for that next thing in life, they want it to be full of meaning and full of purpose. But, but every community is different. So some communities have services and, and programs that another community may not. So Shepherd Centers uh, try to fill that gap. We don't compete with existing programs and services, but try to fill that unmet need through the talent and expertise of older adults. So, um, for example, if a community has a wonderful transportation service for medical appointments, a Shepherd Center might not pro- provide that. Instead, they might provide transportation for other services. Um, for example, you know, a hairdresser or um, shopping for someone who doesn't drive, who wants to get out but is still very able to, to do those things on their own. They just can't drive. And there might not be a taxi service available, for example. Mm-hmm. So the services that are offered are very different. And, and the older adults who serve as the volunteers they decide what type of services they're interested in providing. So, you know, another common service is kind of like the handy helpers, which is kind of a light household chores, whether it's, um, you know, maybe helping to install handbars or, or handrails in and out inside a house or outside a house or, um, you know, maybe fixing something that might be broken. It's kind of changing that the the idea of the light bulb instead of having someone older and frail climb the ladder to change a light bulb a volunteer might go in and and provide that service but if the volunteers don't see a need for that or feel like they cannot organize themselves to provide that service then that service isn't isn't offered so it really is an, an uh, a community based effort where it, it's completely driven by the older adults themselves. So, again, it's not someone telling, you know, the the boomers how to live their life, but they're saying this is what we want to do to make our community a better place. We're speaking with Sarah Cheney, the executive director of Shepherd Center, and we'll be back with Sarah right after this brief message from our friends over at Kendall. 
Hi, this is Kendall staff member Sheila Sylvester. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio was brought to you by Kendall, a system of not-for-profit communities and services in eight states that advocates for and empowers older adults to reach their full potential. Please join us in Together Transforming the Experience of Aging. To learn more about Kendall, that's K-E-N-D-A-L, visit discoverkendall.org or call toll-free 888 888- Seven five nine zero one two eight. Welcome back to our second segment here on Boomer Generation Radio. We're speaking with Sarah Cheney, the executive director of Shepherd's Center of America. Um, Sarah, you, you, you mentioned again this idea of Shepherd's Center has been around for over four decades, and you talked a little bit about just the changes. How... How much, as now the baby boomers, the first wave of boomers are 65, approaching 70, 70 years of age, how much has the work changed because this generation is now beginning to make use of your services, or has it really not changed that at all? It it has changed, I I think, um, where shepherd centers are, are perhaps a little distinct is that, you know, back in 1972, uh, our founder, Dr. Reverend um, Elbert Cole, was realizing that older adults had a lot of living still to do, that when they retired, that wasn't the end of life. It was just the beginning of a new phase. So for, you know, again, 40-plus years, we've been kind of embracing and promoting the paradigm that um, um, active, healthy aging into one's um, 80s and 90s is is something to to really embrace. Um, so we focus on providing these opportunities for older adults. So we've been been looking at, oftentimes called that that positive aging for a long time. So um, our Our services have changed to adapt, but a lot of it, I think, is educating the public about what are what are the opportunities for older adults? So we're we're kind of really trying to change the the way society views aging. Um, we know as individuals retire, they know what they want and and desire. But we're really also working to change how um, society views and understands the reality of aging as being a wonderful opportunity and something to embrace, not something to. Um, not be excited about. So that's that, that's a whole cultural shift, and we're in the middle of this unbelievable shift in the culture in so many different ways. So as you try to um, re-educate the American culture on positive aging as opposed to being afraid, um, what have you run into? I mean, how much, uh, how many barriers have you run into, or, or, as opposed to? the culture accepting, wow, this is a great possibility because of longevity. Are you still bumping into, no, we don't want to talk about it, we, it we're afraid of it, it it's decline, it's, um, you know, disability, it's et cetera. Talk to me a little bit about what you're finding. Well, you know, it, it's it's what people probably in, encounter so very often. Um, you know, from an individual perspective, individuals are experiencing great things, you know, after the age of 65. But it's society that tends to value youth and, um, you know, puts an emphasis on uh, youth and vitality. So we're just trying to 
be um, steady and consistent in saying that there is also value in other stages of life. And we focus on those that are 65 and older and, and help them also um, encourage them and support them to go out and continue to um, reach their dreams and, and try new things. So it, it really is the societal perspective. Um, you know, the reality is that, you know, aging is a bad thing, um, where we think aging is something to, to celebrate. One of the issues that I want to raise with you, because I, I would imagine, given the realities of, of many people's lives, this is something that the Shepherd Center volunteers do come in contact with. Um, and, I, and I reflect upon a posting that was done on, on my website about three weeks ago by a 70-year-old woman that engendered a huge amount of response, uh, huge. And the theme of that was, I have no family, I have no children, I'm aging and I'm alone. And... Um, I feel sometimes as if I'm uh, like the third wheel. How, I'm, I'm sure you run across this uh, in, in the various centers and the volunteers. How much of a reality are, are you finding with this? And how do you train the volunteers to deal with someone who, you know, you go to their home and they're all alone and they look at their, their next, you know, decades or years and there's no one to take care of them? We do encounter that every day, sadly. Uh, and what Shepherd Centers do is they help make those connections and reconnect those individuals back to what's happening in the community. So um, these individuals that might feel alone and isolated um, might enjoy coming to our, our, our educational classes are, are typically called Adventures in Learning. So they would come to an Adventures in Learning session and um, have that opportunity to connect and socialize. We hear people tell us that, you know, whatever day of the week their Adventures in Learning classes is the, the best day of their week because they get to come and be with friends and um, those people become their family. Um, you know, far, I've, I've visited a, a center in, in Richmond where the people were taking um, Italian and they were four years into to, to learning um, Italian and they just said it was the best part of their week was, was coming and we offer, uh, typically lunches are offered at those educational forums. So there's opportunity to socialize and learn and connect with others. And then um, the other, not everyone would want to volunteer, but for those who do want to give back and volunteer. And I also remember a volunteer um, who would, would drive someone to the to the doctor on a regular basis, and um, he was telling his wife, he says, I, I don't understand that, that sometimes she's telling me that she'd like to stop and get lunch afterward. And his wife said, well, she wants to socialize. You know, she's, she's gotten all dressed up to go to the appointment or to do whatever, and she's out. And he, and this volunteer said, my wife told me, had to kind of hit me over the head, that, that really she does enjoy getting out. So the volunteer said actually going to lunch was one of the best parts of the volunteer experience. Was It was driving this lady to her appointment, and then they'd go out to lunch and chat. So real bonds of friendship. Um, are formed by the volunteers helping. And, and actually, the volunteers, the common thing we hear is that they feel like they get more out of the experience 
than what they've provided to the individual who might need a little help. Right. I'm, you know, a lot of people say that when they when they give of themselves, uh, that the reward is greater to them than the person that they're 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 working with. I notice on on your website, uh, and again, what the the website is shepherds shepherdscenter dot org. Right. It's an org. Centers, yes, it's centersplural.org. Uh, I noticed that, that you're talking about on the website um, a leading the way campaign, and we, we have about five minutes left in this segment. Talk to me a little bit of what that is. This is our first ever national campaign uh, to help raise awareness of what Shepherd Centers are doing all across the country. Um, and our campaign really focuses on three goals. Um, that's to One is to build and broaden the knowledge base, and, and what we mean by that is uh, we know that there's great expertise within our network, and we want each one of our centers to operate effectively and efficiently and, and at the highest standards. So we share that learning so that center leaders and staff don't feel so alone in what they're doing in their community. Second thing we'd love to do is we think of it as expanding our network. Um, we'd love to see many more strong, viable centers all across um, the country. Um, so that we can reach and serve more people. So we'd love to, to grow and start new centers in unserved areas. And then third, kind of as we've talked a little bit about, is to um, kind of raise awareness, kind of elevate awareness about the Shepherd Center's mission um, so that we can all work together to increase the visibility uh, about the value and, and celebrating aging um, and helping older adults age in their community with dignity. So our, our, our goal, again, is, is to increase this awareness and just to, to continue to serve more people um, as they need services. So the volunteers that you stress, and this is obviously from everything you said, the Shepherd Center really is at core uh, the training of these volunteers who then go out um, like a hub and a spoke to, to work with individuals and, and families. Real fast, because we only have about three minutes left. The the volunteer training, it, 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 is it um, weeks, months? Does it vary from center to center, as you alluded to, I think, depending upon the needs of a particular center? Talk to me a little bit about the volunteer training. It does vary, um, and it depends upon what the task is. Um, it might be a few hours uh, to much longer. For example, some of our services are providing caregiver support, so if, if they're actually going in um, and, and being more of a, that caregiver, then their training would be more intense. Um, but all of our services are, are classified as informal, so the idea is what any neighbor might do for another neighbor. So volunteers do not need to be concerned that they can't do this or don't have the talent or skill to do it or that there is burden in learning how to do it. It really is just friendly, neighborly support uh, for someone in the community that you might want to help. And so this is really another way I imagine the volunteers themselves form their own community and, and bond together because they're really – and I, I'm, I would imagine that, that – um, I would assume that at various times those volunteers then get together to share and learn from each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Richard, you know, again, this is not a new idea. Um, as, as we know, I, I think we've just uh, – 
approached it maybe in a way um, or, or tried to articulate it in a way, give people who want to do good and want to give back, we're giving them a way to come together to do that. And so the, the training is really based on one's um, basic values of compassion and caring and giving back. Um, you know, in the Jewish tra- tradition, I believe it's the idea of uh, tekun alam. Something like the that. Yeah, something like that. In the Christian tradition, it's the golden rule. Right. Um, but the idea is that we all want to do good at every stage of life. Sarah Cheney, the executive director of Shepherd Center, thank you very much for joining us on this edition of Boomer Generation Radio and for carrying on the, the legacy of Albert Cole. I did have a chance to meet him uh, many, many years ago out in Kansas City. A great man. Thank you very much for all your good work. Continued good luck to all of you. Thank you very much for joining us here, and we'll see you again next week here on WWDBAM 860 in Greater Philadelphia, 10 a.m. next Tuesday. Take care, everybody. Stay safe.